0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Bear Boat Alaska, a pure DIY hunting game with one of their 37-foot adventure yachts. You and five of your friends can hunt, fish, set crab pots, shrimp pots, and take DIY to the next level. Bear Boat Alaska is locally owned by a Ketchikan resident who lives here year-round. Call Larry at 907-617-4542 or go to bearboatalaska.com, that's B-A-R-E, boatalaska.com and tell Larry you heard about it on this podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I was uh, editing my book, which I've been doing for the last uh, couple days really really hard. Um it's been <laughs> kind of a hectic uh race to the finish, I guess here in uh, May is when I hope to have it out and April should be available for pre-order. Um, so I've been looking through and I taking some time to think about and also add to uh just what influenced uh, me and how kind of different this this book is from uh, my last book two years ago and what it is that made it different and I think uh, better and while I'm very I'm pretty insecure about uh, my writing and I have imposter syndrome uh, pretty bad I've noticed there's there's definitely been a change in the style or, or improvement of the style I should say that but not a change in the style um, and that's a result of you know, paying attention to what other people do and what makes it work. It's not a matter of, of copying other people. It's a matter of allowing people who are experts or people who are really, really good at their craft to influence you. And there are elements in the, in the creative process that you can take from it uh, ways to, to kind of get through ways to, um, to be creative or, or put words to things in a way that's going to resonate with an audience and just focus on those sort of things we're at a time now where there's a focus on creating content when I'm not sure we always look at how we modify that content. Like what, what, how would we describe that content? Is it just content? Is it just something? Is it just stuff? Is it just a post or is there some sort of value to it? Um, is it creative? Have you been creative in the creation of this content or is it just stuff to regurgitate or just throw out there to, to get likes and get views, get eyeballs in the meantime? Um, so I was looking at the, the podcast section. I, I mentioned this in the, uh, or the podcast chapter in the industry section. And, uh, of course talking about the Joe Rogan podcast, because it's, it's such an interesting, just all of it. The whole thing is, is super interesting and people that limit him to an MMA announcer, um, ignore the fundamentals of, of what makes the conversation so good and so popular. It doesn't matter who he's talking to. There's going to be a nugget or two at least, um, it's, it's a long, long podcast, but because of the fluidity of the conversation, there's always potential insight. And it's like, it, it varies. It's almost like it's two or three podcasts in one because the people he has on are obviously good at at talking and good at performing in a way that an audience can take something from it. If there's a podcast that is just about you know, telling a story. Sometimes the stories can be good if you have a good storyteller, but if people weren't there and most listeners weren't there, it can just be kind of a boring, you know, story about yourself. And the point is telling a story about yourself rather than, you know, then providing some sort of nugget or or telling something that's going to entertain a listener. And Rogan is so good about getting his guests to be real and provide insight which is why he's able to transcend so many different audiences. If it was just about um, you know, pot and drinking Buffalo Trace, then you'd have a specific audience. If it was just about MMA, you'd have a specific audience. If it was just about politics, you'd have a specific audience. But the fact that he can draw from so many different groups of people shows our, our willingness to, to have insight given to us um, from a whole bunch of different people. Um, it doesn't really matter who, who it is. You just li- listen to, you know, a former CIA guy, this, this is going to be interesting or, or a comedian, you know, this is going to be interesting. There's going to be some good stuff in there, some motivational stuff in there. Again, it's not going to be three hours of just, you know, people talking about themselves. Those are just unbearable. And there are some podcasts in the hunting world that, that kind of become that sometimes, especially in the off season where it can just kind of, what are we going to talk about? Well, let's kind of rehash this for the 50th time. Um, and writing is, can get like that too. And there are times when I think about, uh, you know, writing a column, and gosh, is this, is this the same stinking column? Like, what, what, what am I going to provide in here? That's going to be worth a read. Like, why would someone want to read this? Why is someone going to share this? Um, and that's just a fundamental, you have to do that. That's, that's, that's part of it that's a, that's a requirement of it. That's not an optional type thing. If you have a column in a newspaper, um, you know, you get to choose maybe if you do that, you have to consider that. Um, and so I, I've, I've looked at, um, at also that, uh, in the, in the writing realm, who has influenced me and what has influenced me those last couple of years and how I've been able to grow as a writer. And I definitely am insecure and I have, have imposter syndrome, but I look back at some of the stuff that I wrote a couple of years ago and think, man, I've, I've improved as a writer. I know what I'm saying and I'm saying it in a much more clear way. And I think that's, that's so important to not get caught in this, in your own little echo chamber, your own little room where you are proficient enough to pass and you just kind of stay there. It'd be like, I'm a high school English teacher, so if I, if I come home thinking or being really proud of myself because I was able to outwit juniors and seniors, man, that's, that's kind of pathetic and that's not, that's not really uh, in comparison. Yes, I might be a better writer or a better thinker than them, but that's because they're
1: teenagers. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/waypoint, that is mintmobile.com/waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint.
0: And so if I'm the smartest person in the room, that that's not going to be conducive to growth. And so by, by reading the best and by listening to the best podcast and figuring out why it is that this person is the best. Um, and and not, that's not even necessarily the most noteworthy. Um, there are some other podcasts I listen to and, and, and some of the authors, like what is it that makes that work? Um, and then not stealing, but allowing their individual use of language help upgrade or update your own um, just how look how clean they are, how good they are at articulating this thing and what details do they choose and what details do they not choose um, There are some some fly fishing writers that I was I would read growing up that um, you know they never mentioned what the real, sounded like when a fish was on because that's just unnecessary like you know that right why why focus on something else and then how to connect it to life it's never like a lecture about life it's never you know searching for depth when it's not there you know to kind of fake be depth. you just tell the story in a clean and clear way and if there's some depth there then you maybe hint at it a little bit but uh, not trying to lecture people or not trying to make something that's not epic epic. And I think forcing that was, it was a big thing that I've learned. And I've, I've noticed in some of my first uh, hunting writing, you know, eight, nine ten years ago was, I was trying to force it not only as a writer, but also as a hunter. Cause I, it was kind of, I was coming of age, um, as a writer, um, as social media was, was proliferating. And so there was this, this temptation to, or this ulterior motive potentially, rather than go out hunting and, and then writing about it, it became about you know, writing about hunting. Just, there's a subtle difference there, but I think uh, it, was, it was instructive and it was good to kind of dial back a little bit and really define what I wanted writing to be and, and define what I wanted hunting to be and um, not as like a hustle. You know, if, if I didn't want hunting to become my hustle or, or writing to become my hustle, I wanted to write because I enjoyed it and connect with readers, connect with an audience. Um, and it happened to be about hunting, which meant that I could be you know, just kind of honest about things. And I wouldn't have to be so worried if I came back empty handed, because that's telling a true story for so many people. Um, If I try to build a facade, or, um, you know, this, this persona that that I am without fault, and I am the best hunter in the world, or I'm some badass, then, you know, we know the reality, we know the reality is that, you know, failure happens. And to be not necessarily okay with that, but how can I write that in a way that's honest? And it doesn't sound like a pre-packaged statement about, oh, it's not even about the hunting. Well, yeah, it is, you know, you're, you're not, you wouldn't be paying $5,000 to come to this mountain to hike around if it wasn't hunting season, right? So it is about the hunt. It is about success. It is about, you know, being there and, and notching the tag, but it doesn't have to be cliche. And it doesn't have to be, you know, false reverence, things like that. So um, the best writers are really good at writing about that and articulating that in a way. And then the best podcasts are, are, they're great. Those, the people on the, those hosts are so good about being articulate and being clear and being interesting. Um, so I know I have a long, long way to go when it comes to the podcast. I've, I've only been doing the podcast for about five years and I've been writing for, you know, three times that. Um, but it it has been fun, and that's been a focal point too. There there are some of these columns or some of these um, uh, chapters that I I can just tell that I had a lot of fun writing that, and it's been pretty fun to to edit that and go back and look at that and, and relive some of these cool stories. And um, I got it uh, separated into five different parts, and the parts kind of reflect just all the different elements that there are in hunting, and how they all hunting and life and creativity, they all work together. They're all intertwined. So it's not just 200 pages of, of hunting stories. Um, cause that kind of gets you're probably redundant, but, um, I start off with the process and some of the first hunts and, um, the writing is, is clumsy at times, but I wanted to keep it as, as legit as possible because on your fifth deer hunt, you're not going to have the insight of someone who's been hunting for 10 years. So when I went back and edited, there, there were some things that were kind of yeah, cringy, but I had to kind of keep that there because that's what I felt at the time. That's what I wrote at the time. Um, I didn't have, you know, 10 years of, of accumulated experience in which I could go back and I could write this and sound, you know, way, way more, uh, intellectual or, you know, refined, I guess, as a hunter and a writer. So, um, start off with some of the, the, the beginning, uh, parts of my hunting career and then, uh, growth and then I go to uh, part two is about mentors and those influencers and those people that we have. And those people are so unbelievably important because they inform our decisions and they they help, cre- uh, help us create who we're going to be and help guide us on that. Uh, if we are mentored by legends and experts who value or whatever they value is going to have a big impression on us. And if we allow uh, celebrities and influencers to... To dictate our growth, then you know it's it's going to be one of those things where it's you know hunting becomes a hustle it becomes not hunting, it becomes you know a way a means of making money and um, you know it, I, there's nothing wrong with that I mean you you, you want to be an entrepreneur, be an entrepreneur um, but I think it steers some people away from the enjoyment of the actual thing it becomes about something else, it becomes about some sort of performance. Um, if anybody has seen the Alpinist um, that, that uh, documentary about the climber, and how, as soon as he got a sponsorship, and like he got to the point where he could have just done anything anywhere, he goes off the grid because that's not what he was about, to be able to have that level of care about the thing and not care about the sponsorships or care about the, you know, production or the everything else of it, just love and care about the purity of it. That's something that you can't really go back to once it's spoiled. Once it's, if you've gone too far, or if you go too far, you can kind of get back, you can't get back to your roots the the way you could if you just kind of temporarily lose your mind a little bit, or if you just kind of like lose track of what's important. If you go too far, then the whole thing just kind of gets ruined, I, I think. And so, um, who it, who it is that mentors you is so important going forward and in, in to how you're going to define what hunting is going to be. And then also your part as a contributor to the creative scene, you know, what are you going to create? What type of content is it going to be? Um, what type of creativity are you going to use, who are you going to talk to, who are you going to allow to be influenced, um, or who are you going to allow to influence you? Um, so the mentors part, and then I talk about life, because um, as a hunter, it's it's something that we do for part of the year, but it's also part of who we are, and it in uh, how we live informs how we hunt, and how we hunt informs how we live. Um, it can be a great thing that kind of helps us not really get through the year, but helps us be excited and and meet people and and get through difficult things, and it's a healthy thing to be able to do um, it reveals a lot about how we struggle, you know, they, you know, when you're in high school and you your high school basketball coach or football coach or wrestling coach or whoever was talking about, uh, the revealing of character and in the same way, you know, sports in high school revealed character or in college revealed character, same thing uh, with, with hunting. It reveals kind of who we are and, um, at times and how we handle failure and how we handle, um, success and how we handle ethics or, or what, um, is our ethics. Um, and then also some, some social things that are, that are going on now. It's no better. There's been no better time to be a hunter than right now with all the technology that we have and all the goods that are at our disposal. And there's no gatekeepers for, um, any of us that want to create content. It's just such a great time to, to be in the hunting, hunting space. But, you know, there's some people who are, you know, they, they don't feel the same way. And then, um, hunting gets lumped in with, with, toxic masculinity and some of our social things that are driving people to be less and less active and hunting just seems to be such a great healthy alternative for a lot of people you know with that active sort of lifestyle that uh, provides purpose but as a society right now there's a scary trend that is that is keeping us more and more indoors and and more and more um you know tricked into living these kind of boring lives and so i in part three i talk about those sort of um, those sort of issues, not, not saying that, that hunting is the cure-all obviously going hunting is not going to just, you know, cure depression, um, or just fix anybody's life. Cause you know, you have that a lot too, where people just think that, oh, okay, if I shoot this massive elk, then all my problems are going to go away. You know, if your life, if you're not dealing with your life and you go and escape it for a week, you're going to come back to those same problems. Um, so there's no solutions. I don't, I don't provide any sort of solutions in there and I don't, um, make accusations, but, uh, there's definitely some, some stuff I get into with the life section. And, then, uh, section four is, is the fun section where it's just straight up about tags and, and some successes and failures and, uh, rut and elk hunting and, uh, caribou hunting and mountain goat hunting. So, uh, that's the longest section, but, uh, yeah, it was pretty fun to, to relive too. And a lot of these, these, um, essays are pretty short, 700 to a thousand words. So it's meant to kind of, you can sit down and you can read one pretty quickly. You don't have to have a whole lot of time. You know, it could be a, just a great bathroom read. You put it, on the, put it on the back of the toilet there and you read one and then, you know, finish the business and go. So a um, little bit here and there. Also meant to be kind of a, a camping book too. It's not super, super thick. You can, you can bring it along and you can beat it up and um, just short little little musings about all things uh, related to, to hunting. And then uh, part four is, is about the industry. And talk about the temptations that people feel to, to stand out and how I felt those uh, early on You know how you can get followers and how you can do all that stuff. But if you, you know, if you go down that road, you know, is that really the road that you want to go down? And I'm not begrudging anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur or who wants to make their money as a as a consultant or a guide or a. filmmaker, whatever, all that stuff is great. I love watching it. And I love seeing the creative products that people are creating. It just makes it so good to be a hunter right now. There's so much that's available to us. So much great stuff is being created. Um, But there's a lot of, there's, there's stuff out there too, that's not as good and preys on our, on our inabilities to, to stay focused, uh, praise on our inabilities to, um, to save it, praise on our um, insecurities. And um, so you know, just kind of all about it again, not, not making accusations, just asking some questions and, and talking about some stuff and, um, and then, and, um, and with, with what the future might, uh, might look like. So, uh, I'm definitely proud of it. Definitely excited for it. Definitely also scared to have it out there because there's, there's some things that I know people are going to read the wrong possible way. Um, that just always happens. I'm curious to see what it is. There are some areas where I think this is probably going to be where, where people get upset if they do get upset. Um, but who knows? You know, you never know when you when you're being creative, you're putting a podcast out there, or you're you're doing any sort of writing or any sort of creating. You never know what what people are gonna or how people are gonna respond to it. So, um, part of me is really really excited. This is definitely the best that I've ever done um, in in some regards. Some of the stuff is you know, again, it's, it's, some older stuff I edited. Um, but you know, there's some stuff in here that just, it's, it's the best that I've ever done. And I'm, I'm really, really proud of it, but uh, also super scared to have it out there too. So, um, be looking for that later on, um, this, this spring. I appreciate everybody uh, listening and, uh, looking forward to sharing my, uh, 10 years of hunting with y'all. So, uh, talk to you next time, next time.